the non-quantitative degree client segment or client group is one of the most interesting groups, but I also think it's one of the nicest groups we have because the client group that belongs here usually tends to be mostly undergraduates who have degrees in literature, history. Uh, I'm not going to kid you. Yeah, a lot of them come from Oxford and Cambridge for some odd reason and Brown University, you know, degrees in arts and so on. And I like the group for two reasons. Firstly, I think that we tend to deal with a lot of young people, you know, 20, 21, 22. Um, I think that's around the oldest. There, there may be a few masters in, uh, groups in there around 23, 24 and so on. But but generally we're dealing with quite young, ambitious people, you know, and I think that's one of the privileges of this job that we get to work with people that one day are going to be very m significant influencers in business and beyond. And we get to you know brainstorm ideas and think to them and see their enthusiasm. So I, I definitely like this group. The other one is that this tends to be a very confident group. I, I don't know how that works, but for some reason, people who tend to be doing their degrees in literature and history seem to have no problem going out there and speaking their minds. And assume, I assume you must be confident to have a degree in literature and decide that you're going to go into McKinsey and become the world's greatest management consultant. I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? So... I like this group. They tend to be very confident, but I think it's an outward confidence. What I do find is that they're outwardly confident because I think the curriculum trains them to speak in a certain way that we, that humans assume to imply confidence. But when you dig behind the surface, you realize that these people have same if not more pronounced fears than other groups. So what I do like with this group is that um, very ambitious, very articulate, amazing group of youngsters. Um, you know, big dreams, big plans, willing to do just about anything legal to, to get where they want to go. But also, I think the lack of confidence is somehow works to our advantage because when someone's overly confident, you can't really train them because they don't want to be trained. They think they know everything. So I think the lack of confidence is actually one of the reasons why this group does very well. It's one of our most successful groups. Our placement rate for this group exceeds 80%. It's not as if they do worse than the MBAs. This is a phenomenal group for us. We've had a lot of success. And and the way we, we, we've always worked with this group is that we tend to look for m much younger people trying to go for the business analyst role at McKinsey or the, you know, um, um, associate um, a role at uh, BCG and we try to groom them in at those levels. We have had uh, people coming in at the master's levels, PhD levels, we've even had associate professors working with us in uh, literature and so on. But what I look for in each of those groups is a very good personality, a lot of confidence, a lot of enthusiasm, age helps you know, when you're younger, uh, but just this ability to make the experience pleasant for me or whoever else is doing the screening, right? And I think all of them fit this group. So I would say that of all of the groups, this is the one group that consistently makes the interviewers' interviews enjoyable for the interviewer. And that's pretty hard to pull off, right? Coming back to the lack of confidence, there's another reason why this group does so well. When we are teaching this group a concept, we never have to unteach them a bad business concept. They basically have a zero base here, right? When it comes to you know business knowledge, they don't know much. So we can then decide how we're going to put together this. It's like it's like taking a car that was in an accident and trying to panel beat it, right? Now you can panel beat that as well as you want. It's always going to have these fine little grains in it. It doesn't look right.
But with these students, there's nothing there to be panel beaded. We decide, we've got total carte blanche, which is a bit scary, to decide how we're going to build their business skills. And, and the great thing about this is we don't have to start with their business skills. We start a lot with values. You know, we really teach them about why business must work the way it does. Why are values so important? We always get them to read McKinsey's Marvin Bauer as a starting point. We have a discussion about that. And then we build them, and then we start layering basic accounting skills, income statement, right? Then we move into cash flow. Then we build it into balance sheet. Then we teach them the profit curves. The group does so well because they know nothing when they begin with us. And we can layer in the techniques. Now, one thing that does work for this group is that they tend to have such a, 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 an enthusiastic confidence that when you put them in front of an interviewer, they come across amazingly well. These are the kind of people you want as a business analyst. You know, young, smart, determined, a lot of initiative, and they look like they can get up every morning and get the job done. So a very successful group. Now, if you're listening to this and you're wondering whether you fit into that group, I think a couple of things need to stand out here. One, grades are going to matter here. If you have a non-quantitative degree in history and so on, you're not going to get in with low grades. We expect you to have very high grades. So the expectation is your GPAs are going to be higher than your engineering peers and so on, right? First thing. The second one is I'm looking for rounded people here. I'm not interested in whether you, you've got anything on your resume that shows an interest in business. I don't care. What I am looking for is someone who has done the best that is expected for them in their field. right? So you've worked for eminent organizations, you've worked for nonprofits, you've worked for charities, you've worked for the mayor's office, but you've done amazing things in your field, right? So it's, it doesn't matter if you know you worked for some unknown organization as a business intern. I'm not interested in that. In fact, that slightly hurts your resume because it shows that you had to join an unknown organization to get some business experience versus simply working with the most elite organizations, right? So your experience in your field is very important to me, and I want to see you being at the top edge of that. The second one is that now, this is going to sound harsh, but it's true. Is I'm looking, f we do look heavily at the schools you go through when you have these backgrounds. We look for the Ivy Leagues very carefully, or the uh, country's equivalent of the Ivy Leagues, right? You know, Oxford, Cambridge. Um, if it was Canada, we'd look at Richard Ivy. If it was, um, well, anyway, you you get the point. So, so the school matters when you have a non-quantitative degree. Grades matter. Success in your chosen field matters. Don't become obsessed with with doing these internships in business, not that important. But when you do get a chance to do an internship in business, make sure it's a major name firm or bank that can bulk up your resume. And beyond that, I think that expect that your your training will take a bit longer because you know basically rebooting you with a business background and some understanding of business values is not something that happens overnight. It, it's, a, it's a lengthy process. So getting you to learn things that other people take for granted is not something that we're going to be able to do very quickly. So I think that if you're going through the program and you're a non-quantitative degree major, allocate, I would think, more than five months for this, but certainly not more than, not, not less than that. And also get good advice, you know, I've seen some really talented history majors and so on who were told incorrectly that they wouldn't be attractive in management consulting and just let it slide. If you've got a good background, you went to the right schools, you catch your grades up, and you're basically an outstanding individual, consulting firms are interested in you. It just so happens you focused your interest on the arts previously, but what we're looking for is a track record of success of what you do. That's very important. If that track record was in arts, 
It doesn't matter to us. We know that if we put you into a field where you have to compete in business, your your desire for excellence means you'd have a great track record in business as well. So your track record is going to count for a lot here. So make sure your track record looks good. The last thing I want to see is seven different internships just to get work experience. It doesn't look that good in your resume. It takes up a lot of space. It's better to have one or two good internships with the right kind of organizations. And I always tell people, if it means passing up an internship now to build the right relationships to get a good internship next year, do it. It's more useful than just racking up different internships. It's not going to work at the end of the day. But I like this group. We've always had a lot of success with them, and I think it comes down a lot to do with the you know, outward show of confidence and the fact that we have this blank slate to work with.